0: That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey there and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio and I love all things tech. And as you listen to this, I will be returning to Atlanta, which likely will be under a storm cloud of rain again, having spent a week in Hawaii. So because it's going to take me a little bit of time to get back into the swing of things, we're going to listen to a classic episode. But don't worry, brand new material will be coming out very soon. For today, however, we're going to listen to a classic episode titled, Can We Stop an Asteroid from Hitting Earth? And the reason I picked this rerun is because I've been getting a lot of notifications from a particular news science outlet that seems to have an update on potential disaster about asteroids on a daily basis. I have a feeling that they're being a bit alarmist. Uh, It is something to be concerned about because we're talking about a, a contingency that would be truly disastrous, but maybe not something that we need a daily update of. Maybe it will happen tomorrow levels. So Chris Pellett and I sit down to talk about what we would do in the event of an asteroid heading toward Earth and what, what our, our various plans might be in order to prevent that from becoming a worldwide catastrophe. Let's sit back and listen. Asteroids and preventing a collision with Earth and what sort of tech would be involved with that. And this comes courtesy of some uh, Facebook requests and email requests. I can't believe that we had people send us, multiple people sent us this request, which seems really specific for more than one person. But, hey, we are going to do it. Okay. And, um, you know, if you have seen the documentary Armageddon... <clears throat> You remember that uh, we shot Bruce Willis <laughs> up into space um, with uh, Ben Affleck and some other folks like Steve Buscemi to scare an asteroid out of the way because um, Steve Buscemi's a scary guy. Uh, wait, I think I might be—I think I might be a little off track. Oh well, anyway, the premise of the movie was that there was this enormous asteroid the size of Texas, which, by the way, <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> oh. You, you. Uh, yeah that that's that's a reference that goes over everyone's head because no one, uh, none of our listeners have ever played the game Asteroid. What? So anyway, surely
2: some of you have played Asteroids. Nah,
0: nah, maybe, <sighs> maybe uh maybe our our buddy Floyd the truck driver, he might have. Hopefully not while driving. Uh, well, I hope not. Anyway, we're getting off track already. So the whole whole premise of the movie is that there's this giant asteroid the size of Texas that's going to be flying at Earth, and so they come up with this idea where they scramble a bunch of uh, of uh, uh, miners essentially to shoot up into space, land on the asteroid, and plant a nuclear device on the asteroid that will blow it up to tiny little bits and save the earth and so we want to address this um, this first so let's uh let's get this out of the way. that would not Whoa. work. That would that would be a bad thing. First of all, the power of such a device is hard to imagine. How would you create a nuclear device powerful enough to explode Texas into tiny bits? The equivalent of Texas flying at you. Also, by the way, an asteroid that size would pretty much wipe out everybody. Um you know, when we talk about asteroids that are are dangerous enough to wipe out a city, fifty yards is big enough. A fifty-yard asteroid, like an asteroid fifty yards across, would be un, have enough power, enough uh, 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 enough force to destroy a city if it impacted the city. Um, now NASA classifies Earth-threatening asteroids as being one hundred and forty meters or larger, mm-hmm. but then that conveniently is about the size that we can con- uh, detect them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's uh, it's important to note too that it's happened before.
0: You know, oh yeah, we have sure. Been,
2: we have been hit with with many space objects in the past and uh I I assume to some small degree continue to do so. Uh, oh yeah, no, it's not we, like something that we hear about in the news every day, every, but
0: every single day the earth is is hit by by tiny little object. Granted, we haven't been hit by a, a massive asteroid in a really long time, but uh meteorites hit the earth every day sometimes they're so small that you know they're almost undetectable but it does happen the um but yeah they've happened in the past i mean that's what wiped out the dinosaurs was an asteroid impact or possibly comet impact but it was a a, a massive impact that uh, that altered the earth's climate and dinosaurs did not have air conditioning so they were pretty much doomed doomed
2: i i figured it was their debaucherous lifestyle, and it was unsustainable. No,
0: you're thinking of Rome.
2: Right. You know, I get this confused a lot.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if you've ever seen a T-Rex in a toga, never mind. So so why would this plan not work with destroying an asteroid with a, a nuclear device? Let's assume that for for argument's sake, that somehow you managed to find an, a nuclear device capable of breaking up a <laughs> Texas-sized asteroid while it was hurtling toward Earth. And keep in mind, this was this this asteroid was close to Earth by the time it blows up. Otherwise, it's not nearly as dramatic an ending. Right, right of course. you got to have it close enough to the Earth where people are starting to really freak out. Oh, and how long exactly did they have to prepare for this? No, it was like a couple of days or something like that. It yeah. was a crazy short time period. We would know... Yeah, anything a that's anything that, that that size, we would be able to spot between Mars and Jupiter, giving us years—literally years—to prepare. Yeah, it would not be a last-minute thing, and uh, that's one of the myths uh, that movies perpetuate: is that you know you have some uh, some some amateur astronomer out in the middle of nowhere just looking up and saying, huh, that's weird, that star wasn't there yesterday. And then, and then that information slowly filters its way to some official source, which immediately clamps down and keeps it all secret so that nobody knows that doom is on the way until it leaks to the media causing a panic. Yeah, yeah that We don't that's, want to cause a panic. It's definitely Hollywood related. So why would blowing up the asteroid not be a good idea? Well... That asteroid's moving at a really fast speed, and the nuclear warhead is not going to slow it down. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've still got this this material moving at an incredible speed, and the mass isn't gone. You haven't destroyed the mass. You've just spread it out some. So instead of it being a one massive asteroid hitting the Earth, it's a whole bunch of them hitting the Earth. And it's like uh, the difference between getting hit by a a slug and getting hit by um, shotgun shot. You know, uh, you just spread out the area of impact is what you've done.
2: Uh, this is mission control. We just wanted to say, oops.
0: Yeah. Are <laughs> bad. So, um, so yeah, here's, here's why all this stuff would really work in the real world. All right. We've got lots of powerful telescopes pointing in all sorts of directions now. So the, the, the myth of the amateur astronomer who detects, uh, something the size, the size that's in depicted in Armageddon is really, that's, That's busted Mm -hmm. because it would be detected by much more powerful telescopes much earlier. And um, that information would go to – it's kind of a clearinghouse for near-Earth objects that could potentially cause harm. Uh, It's called the Minor Planet Center. It's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Hmm. Now, the Minor Planet Center would then take the information that was sent to it, which usually would inf- uh, involve the, the size of the asteroid and right. its, its shape of orbit around the sun and whether that orbit could potentially uh, collide with the Earth, send that information out to observatories all across the planet. Mm-hmm. Now, these observatories would then train their telescopes onto the object to try and make their own calculations based upon their own their own perspective to see if perhaps this would be a quote-unquote interesting object Mm -hmm. now in astronomical terms interesting means holy crap we're all going to die (laughs) that's the that's what they mean by interesting as in potentially impact the earth interesting Mm -hmm. and that information would then be shared amongst those observatories and the likelihood of a clampdown is really low just because you have so many people who would be involved in this and and have the information and lots of them are going to talk A lot of them are going to talk and say, we got to prepare now, because if we don't, we're all going to die, or a significant number of people are going to die. Because if this asteroid hits a landmass, then it's going to be like, uh, depending on the size of the asteroid, it could be like the entire world's nuclear arsenal exploding in a single point. Um, If it hits the ocean, then it could generate a tsunami of unprecedented uh, uh, force that could wipe out an entire coast of a, of a continent um, so I mean this is serious business uh, fortunately we haven't discovered anything so far that would cause that much of a problem. But again, our ability to detect these objects is limited. Uh, Most of the objects that NASA concentrates on is anything that's 140 meters uh, across or larger. Mm -hmm. And uh, the problem is that smaller objects could cause significant harm, but finding those objects is a lot trickier because space is big. Really? Yeah. And in relation to space, 50 yard across asteroid is nothing. Yeah, it's it's, you know, you you, it's it's impossible to exaggerate how tiny that is. It's like a bug. Yeah.
2: Smaller than a bug.
0: It's like a it's like a a germ on a bug (laughs) and 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 you happen to be like a a blue whale. That's kind of and even then that's not even close. That is. Yeah. I can't get my mind around it. That's, that's how it is. So, so, all right, so nuking a, an asteroid directly, as in trying to blow it up, is not a feasible uh, option. No. So let's, let's assume for the moment that we have developed technology that helps us, that has improved our ability to detect asteroids to the point where any asteroid that could potentially cause significant harm to people on Earth, to life on Earth, that we have somehow managed to, to create the technology to detect it.
2: Yeah, and, All right. and it's and it's important to do so because it is probable that we will be hit by something large-ish again. Yeah. at some point.
0: Essentially, like uh, so, it's worthwhile yes. to
2: to develop this technology.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, the the risk might be low, but the impact would be huge. So, you know, even taking a low risk perspective of it, the actual impact would be so enormous that it is a good argument, and a lot of people have made this argument too. Um, to invest in technology to help prevent it from happening. I'd like to interrupt this particular podcast about potential disaster in order to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Wi Fi hotspot intended for passenger
1: use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or.
0: No matter if the ride you're on is big or small, a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada can elevate your adventure and push your limits to something new. Your next adventure is waiting for you. Get in a Nissan SUV and go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Let's assume that we have improved technology so we can actually detect these asteroids from a pretty good distance. Like I said, it yeah. might be years before they get here. Yeah. Well, we're gonna need that time because we're gonna need that time to develop the actual vehicles, the, the tools that we're going to use in order to intercept that asteroid. So by intercepting it, what could we do to to avoid a collision? Well, the real key is deflecting the asteroid. Yep. You just have to move it a tiny bit, especially the further out you go. The further out you go the 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 tinier that that adjustment needs to be because by the time it gets to the earth, it's going to be the the distance is going to be much more enormous. Yeah. You know, just think about like you're walking to have a friend standing across from you across a football field and you're both facing each other exactly. Now, imagine that your friend just turns slightly a little bit to the left and starts walking forward. Well, from a distance, it looks like, that your friend may actually meet up with you once they get all the way across the football field. But as they continue, you see that they're getting further and further away until they reach essentially a point parallel to you and they are a good distance from you, right? They're further down the field, like further to the right or to the left, whichever way the the person turned. Um, That's kind of the idea here is that if you can catch an asteroid early enough and deflect it just a couple of degrees, then you've solved the problem because it's going to miss the earth by millions of miles. But how do you deflect it? Well, there's a lot Mm. of different options. Yeah.
2: I I read, uh, two specifically that seem to be the options people are thinking of most likely. What's that? Um, one of them, ironically enough, was to use nuclear devices. Yes, but not to destroy,
0: but to nudge. Right. Yeah. The idea is being that you would you would detonate the device over the asteroid. Uh, this would actually um, cause a couple of things to happen, uh, and it's you know it's interesting that uh, that again that we're talking about something you know you might say well, hey you just said nuking is bad. Well, in this case, what would happen is that you would uh, uh, create an uh, a nuclear radiation would create this uh, this vaporizing energy, would mm-hmm. vaporize the surface or a section of the surface of the asteroid. Now that's going to cause that part of the surface to eject material into space. And you know, for a react- action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So that ejection from space is actually going to act as a pushing force on the asteroid. And it's tiny, but that's all you need. Necessary. You know, that might be all you need to move that asteroid out of the pathway of the Earth. Yeah. So, yeah, you, um, you're just using it, again, to to give the asteroid a little push. Um, actually, most of the, the options I've seen are some variation on pushing the asteroid. It's just lots of different potential ways we could do that. Well, it's true. I, I did read, uh, yeah, to be fair, I did read of the
2: possibility of using an inert uh, device, nothing that explodes, but basically a a bullet, if yeah. you will, to shove... Yeah, using, using kinetic
0: force to push the asteroid out of the way. Yeah, that, that is another potential, um, solution. Although, uh, it's, it's again, one of those that, that has its own set of difficulties. But, uh, yeah, that's, that is one I've also heard where you're just using a kinetic force to, to tap the asteroid out of the way. And it's, it's important to note that, um,
2: what, we really can't stress how much detection and, and identifying the, the object's path, how important that is, because uh, there there's an effect called the Yarkovsky effect. Did you read about this? No. Um, as the object gets close to the sun, closer to the sun, um, and I'm not talking about directly on a path to, but you know, as it gets closer and closer to the sun in the center of our solar system, it's going to heat up. Mm-hmm. Um, and... For a larger object, it doesn't matter so much. Um, but uh, according uh, to an article that I, uh, um, that an article I read, the the Yarkovsky effect basically means that once the the object starts to heat up, the heat can affect its path. It can basically start it to move in a slightly different direction. So you need to be able to. We would need to be able to know exactly where the or as, at least as close enough to uh, where the object is going to be so that we can accurately hit it with something if we're going to try to use a brute force method of moving the the asteroid out of the way.
0: And a lot of the attempts to move asteroids may depend upon sun, the sunlight mm-hmm. and uh, the sun's power because um, there are a lot of different options that would harness the power of the sun in order to create a, a pulling effect or pushing effect on the planet uh, the asteroid, for example, there's one um, one possible technique where we would coat the asteroid with um, white and dark coating, like paint or dust or whatever, mm-hmm. and that would. Uh, cause it to move because the sun's energy would actually push against the asteroid. Mm -hmm. And if we've coded the right, the correct side, not the right side, I mean, there's no real right or left, but uh, the correct side of the asteroid, it could push the asteroid those couple of degrees. By the time it gets to where the Earth is, it's millions of miles away. It's it's millions of miles off course from hitting the Earth. Um, Similarly, there were suggestions that maybe we could create a solar sail, That would attach. We we would use a a, a, like a probe to attach a solar sail to an asteroid, and the solar sail would catch the sun's energy and be propelled by the solar wind, essentially, to pull the asteroid again outside of its pathway. Um, That that's kind of a far fetched one, really. It's definitely a lot more challenging than say coating an asteroid with a a light colored material. but then there's also the idea of using a net, an enormous net to encapsulate the uh, the the asteroid, and the net would again act as almost like a solar sail. It would uh, it would react against you know the the sun the sun's energy would push against the net, which again would alter the course of the asteroid. Mm-hmm. Um, mirrors are another potential uh, solution where you you launch a device that is going to deploy mirrors around the asteroid to direct sunlight to specific points on the asteroid to, again, push it out of the way. Um, well, everyone knows that asteroids are
2: vain. So if you, you know, put the mirrors on the far side of the Earth, they'll go toward the mirrors and go, oh,
0: which just hey, my best side. I look good. <laughs> um, uh. But then there are a couple of other elements. There are a couple of other ways of nudging an asteroid out of the way that don't involve sunlight at all okay uh and one of and one of them's uh, strapping a rocket to it ah so essentially you have a um, do we some- have to land somebody on the asteroid no not necessarily you'd have to have some sort of of a remotely operated probe that could embed into the asteroid itself and then use uh, have enough fuel in it to be able to push uh, as a rocket to push the asteroid out of the way of the pathway of collision. Mm. Now, it doesn't have to push very hard, it doesn't have to push for very long again, as long as you catch the asteroid early enough. That we have to keep stressing that. This is sure. this is assuming that we capture that we detect the asteroid in years and years and years in advance and that we're able to react quickly enough so that by the time the probe reaches the asteroid, because you remember this isn't going to be overnight. It's going to take time for the for whatever solution we deploy to get to the asteroid. Right. Like it may be, you know, we launch something and we don't know if it's going to work for another two years or three years. I mean, that's kind of scary to think about, but that's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you have to figure out a way where you have this, this device and it has to be able to carry enough fuel so that it can actually deploy properly. Uh, a lot of people suggest that this kind of approach would be best if it were already spaceborne. So, mm-hmm. in other words, we already had some sort of launching platform in space so that the, uh, the individual probes would not need, so much fuel to both escape the earth's gravity and land on an asteroid and then propel it away um that that does pose a problem uh but then another one is the gravity tractor
2: Ah, uh, yes and I, I when i looked up the gravity tractor i had to check uh just a moment ago and yes someone has named their band gravity tractor good for them
0: yeah lead singer john deere
2: <laughs> nice thank you um, but, uh, yeah, the gravity tractor is fascinating, um, because this is essentially using, uh, an, a different body, a, the gravity of another body, and a body that we would launch into space yeah. to pull the asteroid away without even, I mean, there's not, the point here is not even to touch the asteroid. It's to uh, get something near enough to it to affect, The asteroid's path with another gravitational field.
0: Right, because you got to remember, everything in the universe exerts a a gravitational pull on everything else. It's just that that pull is dependent upon distance and mass and lots of other stuff. Um, But uh, the you know, so if you were able to put a massive enough object close enough to the asteroid, you could alter its pathway. There is there are some problems with the gravity tractor. (laughs) Really? Uh, Yeah. One of them is that you have to figure out. All right, well. You want the gravity tractor to pull the asteroid away from the path of collision. You don't want the asteroid to pull the gravity tractor into the path of collision. Yeah. So uh, so that means that you would have to have some sort of propulsion system aboard the gravity tractor to make little cor- course corrections and continue to gently pull the asteroid out of its pathway. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have propulsion, then there's the possibility that that propulsion that you're going to, when you fire your rockets to to give it a boost, that force may push against the asteroid, thus negating the gravity pull that you are exerting upon it. So essentially, you're getting a net uh, zero result, because you're, you're pulling on it with gravity, but you're pushing on it with your propulsion system. So finding a way where you could create some sort of gravity tractor where the propulsion system would not actually... Push against the asteroid itself mm-hmm. is would be part of the solution. Plus, this would be really, really expensive. It's a much more costly approach and not necessarily uh, uh, the most easy to implement compared to other approaches. So I don't know that this is necessarily likely to happen. I mean, if, if enough research goes into it where it proves that this is the most effective way, then. Sure, I could see it happening just because people would finally say, "All right, well, you know we have to invest in it because we can't we can't just play roulette all our existence. we have to prepare for this
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but I would imagine that we'd probably go with some other uh, route before we tried this one. yeah, um
2: an article I read suggested that the the uh, gravity tractor would have to be at least uh twenty tons in order to safely tow, you know, effectively tow, I should say, not safely, effectively tow an an asteroid (laughs) away from the Earth. Um, And I can't, uh, you know, I just imagine that's going to be very hard to get out of the Earth's orbit. I mean, you know, our gravity, I'm sorry, to leave the gravitational field of the Earth to launch something that big into space. But, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist, so. Nor are you a brain surgeon. No, I'm not a rocket surgeon either.
0: So, um, well, that's good. I could just imagine that going wrong uh so I've got another another potential, although it's uh far fetched possibility of getting rid of an asteroid that um that's coming at you. yeah, you let robots eat it, really, yeah, that's kinda cool. Uh, Robert Lamb actually wrote about this. He has a great article on uh the our our discovery news site mm-hmm. called Top Ten Ways to Stop an Asteroid. And one of them is talking about uh, using um, robots that would actually essentially kind of chew up the asteroid and then Um, shoot out the tiny bits of asteroid uh, into space electromagnetically um, and essentially disperse the asteroid while it's still really, really, really far away from the Earth. Because keep in mind, if it's really far away from the Earth, then not all of that mass is going to hit the Earth the way it would in the beginning of um, uh, the or, or at the end of Armageddon, rather. So, yeah, Um, these these robots uh, eat and poop. They eat asteroids, and they poop asteroid dust. I um, I wanted to go there,
2: and I said, no, I'm not going to say it. You're not going to say they eat and poop? Nope, but you did it for me. So yeah, well, I'm, I, I'm I could okay see
0: the that. look on your face, and I knew that you were <laughs> thinking that, so I was like, I'm going to do it. Chris and I have more to say about how we get our asteroids in gear after this quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible
1: device and vehicle required. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or.
0: No matter if the ride you're on is big or small, a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada can elevate your adventure and push your limits to something new. Your next adventure is waiting for you. Get in a Nissan SUV and go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. There are some talks about private companies actually uh, investing in this um, sort of technology, this sort of approach, Which is kind of cool that you know it's not just uh, not just depending upon governmental agencies that have lots of different you know things pulling on them. Yeah, Um, I did read that um,
2: scientists don't seem to believe that there's anything likely to hit us in the next. Hundred years or so, at right? Le- at the earliest, well, at least so, nothing that we can see. Yeah, exactly. So, so
0: there's still the possibility that something smaller could hit and still cause massive damage. It's just not going to necessarily cause global damage, but it right. could cause catastrophic local damage. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. There's some uh, interesting organizations out there that are dedicated to trying to fix this problem. There's one called the B612 Foundation, uh-huh. uh, and they their goal is to have a workable solution by 2015. So okay. that's coming up pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to learn more about the topic, well, I, I can recommend a couple things. Uh, at How Stuff Works, we actually have two articles that you, that go into more detail about the stuff we've talked about. Mm-hmm. One is called Could We Really Blow Up An Incoming Asteroid With A Nuclear Bomb? And one is called Could We Stop an Asteroid On a Collision Course Toward the Earth? And also, uh, there's a, a great program that aired on Discovery. Um, called bad universe oh uh, yeah, yeah and it was it's hosted by Phil plate the bad astronomer mm-hmm. Phil plate by the way one of my favorite bloggers uh, and scientists out there because he's one of those scientists who really dedicates his work to explaining science to the layman in terms that are easy easy to understand it makes science fun and exciting and he does not shy away from uh, topics like this where you know he's like yeah it'll kill you so that's why we got to fix it. <laughs> so I mean, he's very matter-of-fact about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really intelligent guy, very entertaining guy. So if you have not read his stuff or, or watched his show, uh, I do recommend trying to catch that because uh, it's he's a great guy. And he also has a, a really amusing Twitter feed. And he interacts with a lot of other uh, uh, Twitter Weisenheimers out there, like Jonathan Colton, Paul and Storm, you know, um, uh, Will Wheaton. There's, there's this kind of Twitterati that have have formed up and uh and so um he often will chat with those folks in in interesting and entertaining ways and he's and he shares a lot of really cool science news through his twitter feed as well yeah I exactly. showed you that that amazing uh photo of the space shuttle endeavor across the the sun, yeah, that yeah. was amazing yeah that was uh that was courtesy of of Mr Phil Plate, so yeah he's written extensively about this and he's he's talked about it in his blogs and on 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 the show bad universe um so I recommend that as well and uh well, I don't have any other potential solutions off the top of my head. Do you have anything else you want to add before we conclude? not in particular no well then um I would suggest we all just take a moment to uh to to ridicule the documentary Armageddon uh for its uh, portrayal of how we would uh, uh, alter the course of a of an asteroid by blowing it up real good, uh, Texas style. But you have to land a space shuttle on it first. Yeah, and you have to sing the song I quoted at the beginning at some point, and uh, and Bruce Willis has to die. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert.
2: Yeah. Um, I, w- I was interested in though that uh, scientists are also talking about the possibility of. of Uh, mining asteroids in 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 an attempt to understand them better. Um, Yeah, I did read that, you know, although we may not necessarily be ready to to destroy one just yet, that scientists... Or even alter its path. Right, right. Um, But uh, scientists are considering the possibility if, uh, you know, since they are tracking some asteroids that are coming near to Earth and near and again space is big so near is a relative term um, but they're talking about uh, the idea of, of visiting some near earth asteroids with the possibility of mining uh, you know taking some samples of the the rocks that are there on the asteroid to get a better understanding of elements in the universe and bringing them back to earth which uh, is a really cool idea I don't I don't imagine they would send people to do that. Um, so the idea of uh, doing the complex calculation necessary to hit a moving object you know, that's coming around, um, take samples, and then return to Earth, that's that's really fascinating stuff. And that's not exactly the same topic, but I think it's a, a really cool application of, the, of uh, science and hope that if they can do that, that it will be fruitful and we'll learn a lot from it.
0: And that wraps up this classic episode of Tech Stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed it. You know it was always fun to talk about these sort of topics with Chris Paulette. Keep an ear out for Mr. Paulette. I think we might be able to lure him back in for a very special episode later this year. No promises, but there's a possibility. And it's always a pleasure to have Chris in the studio. And it's been a long time since we sat across from each other and, and did the old podcast thing. So here's hoping we can make that happen. In the meantime, if you guys have any suggestions for future topics for tech stuff, or maybe there's a, a special guest co-host you would love to have on the show, maybe someone who's been on before or someone you would like to have here as a, a person to, you know, stop me from chatting all the time let me know. Send me a message on Facebook or Twitter. The handle for both of those is techstuffhsw. And I'll talk to you again really soon. TechStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com.